Today, it's February 12th, and you're listening to Born on This Day podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your host, Bill Antoniou. And Bill, I want to wish you a happy Darwin Day. Oh, go evolve, Marco. I'll try my best. I'm losing my tail as we speak. (laughs) Darwin Day is a celebration to commemorate the birthday of Charles Darwin, who was born today in 1809. Mm -hmm. This day is used to highlight Darwin's contribution to science and to promote science in general. Darwin Day is celebrated around the world, and in 1909, more than 400 scientists and dignitaries from 167 countries met in Cambridge to honor Darwin's contribution and to discuss vigorously the recent discoveries-related theories contesting uh, contesting for acceptance. Uh, This was a widely reported event at the time, and in 1909, on this day, the birth of Darwin, It was the 50th anniversary of the publication of On the Origins of Species, which was celebrated by the New York Academy of Sciences and the American Museum of Natural History. Well, I think it's all devil talk, Marco. And as a very conservative Christian, I just want to tell you that uh, I am now turning off my microphone and I'm going to come and burn your house down. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I just read the news. I don't necessarily believe it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, (laughs) good old Darwin. People born on this day have evolved, Bill, and they have quiet strength. Their wisdom is based on karmic experience, yet they can live according to society's constraints. They have a spiritual power to help others heal their psychic wounds. Their Aquarian nature draws them to people, but also to people with lonely hearts, Bill. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, and uh, everyone should watch Inherit the Wind. That's a great way to celebrate Darwin Day. Oh, that's mm-hmm. smart, Bill. Very yeah. Good. yeah. Well, that's I'm like Darwin, Marco. I'm smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Celebrating a birthday today, Darren Aronofsky studied film at Harvard and after a few successful short films made his feature debut at the age of 29 with the art house film Pi. He scored critical acclaim two years later with Requiem for a Dream, suffered the disaster of The Fountain, and then bounced back with The Wrestler in 2008 and Black Swan in 2010, for which he was nominated for a Best Director Oscar. He has since made the films Noah and Mother. He was born on this day in Brooklyn in 1969. Christina Ricci entered show business at the age of 10 and was an immediate success, co-starring with Winona Ryder and Cher in Mermaids, before taking on the role of Wednesday Adams in the two Adams Family films of the early 90s. She was so great in that. Mm-hmm. She then starred in Casper, Now and Them, and That Darn Cat, then graduated to grown-up roles in The Ice Storm, Buffalo 66, Sleepy Hollow, and The Opposite of Sex for which she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Now, Bill, you know, you've seen The Opposite of Sex, Many times. So I thought it was great. I don't know how you Mm -hmm. feel about it. Oh, I love that movie, yeah. Why do you think I I saw it many times, Marco? Because I was a hostage? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, But at the time, I I saw it, and I thought it was great, and I kept recommending it to people. Mm -hmm. But instead of recommending The Opposite of Sex, I recommended this film about... um, I think it was the film that had uh, Jennifer Aniston in it and uh, Paul Rudd where. um, Oh, you recommended the object of my affection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I recommended the object of my affection to everyone saying what a great film it was. So all my friends would watch and they'd be like, it was okay, but 
I mean, Jennifer Aniston. I'm like, what are you talking about? Jennifer Aniston isn't in it. The one who plays Phoebe is in it, right? And they were like, what Amazing. are you talking about? Yeah. And it's both, both of them have pregnancy as well. And they both have like a pregnant girl and a gay guy. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Wow. <sighs> well, there you go. Oh, it's a real magical mystery tour through your mind, isn't it, Marco? <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> Between Anyways. that and Paris is burning. I mean... <laughs> Just oh, remind me to always go to the movies with you because it's like a, it's like an event, you know, like, just like, I never know what I'm going to get, you know? Listen, you're shooting craps if you let yeah. me pick the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm adventurous enough for it anyway. Anyways, back to Nina Ricci. Uh, back to, uh, yeah, back to Nina Ricci. Ricci. Yeah. Back to fashion designer Nina Ricci. <laughs> it could be her birthday today too. Anyway, Nina Ricci. Hmm. Uh, uh, whom I'm reading his, I'm narrating his books on the oh, audiobook. Yeah, if you ever yeah. want to listen to it. Yeah, well, try not to say by Christina Ricci when you're reading the title uh, page, and then maybe you'll keep the job after that. I can't believe I said Nina Ricci, and then Amazing. you knew that she was some fashion designer. I don't even yeah. remember her. I think my mother was had it her fashion perfume. or was it uh, jewelry? I can't remember. Uh, my mother had her perfume, I think. Right, yeah. Anyways, whatever Ricci, this Ricci produced the films Prozac Nation and Pumpkin and had recurring roles on Ally McBeal, later on the short-lived series Pan Am and the miniseries The Lizzie Borden Chronicles. She was born on the state in Santa Monica, California in 1980. Josh Brolin did not originally want to become an actor as his father's profession didn't appeal to him, but after taking an acting class in high school, found he actually loved the job. He made his film debut as Brand in the cult favorite The Goonies, then later starred in the series The Young Riders. Stardom eluded him for some time, but he had a breakthrough in the late 2000s with roles in the Oscar-winning No Country for Old Men, Planet Terror, and played President Bush in the Oliver Stone film W. In 2008, he was nominated for an Academy Award for playing Dan White in Milk, then later starred in Jonah Hex, True Grit, Labor Day, the remake of Old Boy, Sicario, and played Thanos in the last few Avengers films. He'll soon be seen in Dune and was born on this day in Santa Monica, California in 1968. Amanda loves him in Goonies. That's one of her favorite films. Oh, I can't get behind that movie, but anyway. She's watched it so many times. She makes me watch it. and I'm like, Everyone of my generation loves it. I mean, I loved it as a kid, but it didn't sure. age well for me and I can't watch it now. Whilst for some reason, everyone else is willing to like stay in that nostalgic mode. Right, right. Jesse Spencer. I don't know if uh, Jesse stayed in that nostalgic moan, but uh, Jesse is another of our birthday celebrants from Australia who got his start on the soap opera Neighbors before coming to America and trying his hand at Hollywood stardom. After appearing with Brittany Murphy in the comedy Uptown Girls, he landed the role of Dr. Robert Chase on House, which he appeared on for eight seasons before moving on to play uh, Matthew Casey on Chicago PD, Chicago Med, and Chicago Fire. Um, I can't wait to see him on Chicago Air. Um, <laughs> Chicago Fire is still on TV. He was born on this day in Melbourne in 1979. He's very, very cute. And I love him on House because he's my absolute dream man because he's gorgeous and he's never home. Because he's a very busy doctor. Oh, I see. I need to see what this I guy looks like. I just can't imagine anything better. What's his ass like? Hmm. And also when they're Australian, when they're, uh, actually I've never seen it. House doesn't really do a very good job of exploiting its actors' bodies. Um, unless they're like, you know, vomiting shit or whatever it is that they do on that show. Uh, all of our Australian actors, they always start on either Neighbors or Home and Away. Just so you know, that's always okay. The... 
Also, if yeah. you're wondering why I asked Bill that, you have to listen to February 10th show yeah. to understand where that's Don't coming they from. Did. We have devoted <laughs> listeners. They know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the very funny John Michael Higgins is an actor and comedian who has starred in Christopher Guest's mockumentaries, played David Letterman in the HBO movie The Late Shift, and was on the sitcom Happily Divorced. On Broadway, he appeared in La Bette, Tiny Alice, and Paul Rudnick's Jeffrey. Film roles also include Bad Teacher, Pitch Perfect, Almost Christmas, and Walk Hard. He was born on this day in Boston in 1963. Christina Lee first became known as Emily Valentine on episodes of Beverly Hills 90210, during which she also played Kit in the sitcom version of A League of Their Own, and appeared on a number of episodes of In the Heat of the Night. She later starred on a season of ER, appeared in the film's Child Play, Child's Play 2 and Vanishing Point, and in 2019 returned to 90210 as a fictional version of herself. She was born on this day in Boston in 1965. A popular, handsome, leading man in 70s and 80s television that you for sure know, Marco, Simon McCorkindale. Yes, thank you. My favorite show as a kid. Simon McCorkindale wanted to become an RAF pilot like his father, but his eyesight was too poor, so he went for his second love, directing theater. Training as an actor was very successful, and he soon found himself appearing in the TV miniseries I, Claudius, and Jesus of Nazareth, later starring on Quartermass, on my favorite childhood show, Manimal, which, by the way, was only on for like nine episodes. But for oh, some really? Reason, yeah, it filled my entire childhood. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and for two seasons was on a classic series called Falcon Crest. Oh, yes. He directed. He was all over. The, he was like the he was like the the prototypical, like classy, snobby leading man yes. in the 80s. He had that beautiful blonde hair and that giant nose. I always thought he was so handsome. Anyway. He directed and produced many stage, TV, and film productions through his company, Amy International, moved to Canada to star on Counter-Strike, plus appeared in the films Death on the Nile, Riddle of the Sands, and Jaws 3. He returned to Britain in the early 2000s, appearing on six seasons of Casualty, and one more film before his premature death from cancer in 2010 at the age of 58. He was born on this day in Ely, or Eli, England in 1952. I can't believe he's dead. I'm yeah, so sad right ago, now. Yeah. Oh, so young too. And you s- listen, say what you want about him, but no one could turn into a Black Panther, yep. a hawk, and a I snake know. like him. I never missed that show every Saturday oh, night. We I love that show. to watch it. <laughs> and I thought it was so cool. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, basically he could turn into these various, he sh- he was supposed to turn into many animals, but those yeah. were the only three, I guess. A panther. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. he had to be fast, I guess. So he's like, I'm not going to turn into a turtle. Right. You fair know. enough. So, oh man. Yeah. How great that show. I wish they'd make a remake of that show. I'd watch it. Between him and like David Hasselhoff when I was six years old watching those shows. I mean, and, and Pierce Brosnan as well. I mean, there's a reason I turned out the way I did is all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. I don't think people understand how big Knight Rider was for kids. No, it's true. Like this, like this talking car. I remember watching, like if I think back, watching it with my family, with my folks, and we were all riveted. Yep. I remember not understanding anything that was happening and just loving that he was driving that car that spoke. That's all I cared about. 
And who was the voice of the of the night industries? Oh, we, it was. we celebrated his birthday, and I can't remember okay. who it is now. Higgins, I think it was Higgins from Magnum PI, right? Maybe. No, no, yeah. it was the guy. It was the doctor from Saint Elsewhere, the same Higgins type looking guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, doesn't matter. Richard Lynch served in the Marine Corps in the late fifties before starting his career as an actor, studying with Uta Hagen and Lee Strasberg before appearing in plays The Lion in Winter, The Devils, and Richard the Third. He made his film debut in Scarecrow in 1973, later appeared in the Rogers, Roger Cormick sci-fi film Death Sport, and most famously played Principal Chambers in the 1978 classic Halloween. He had noticeable scars in his face that were the result of him setting himself on fire after dropping acid in the late 60s, which resulted in him frequently playing villains or oddities in films. Other films include Merlin, Deathmatch, Vendetta, and the 2007 remake of Halloween. His last film was Lords of Salem in 2012, the same year he died at the age of 72. He was born on this day in Brooklyn in 1940. Arsenio Hall is an actor, comedian, and talk show host best known for hosting the Arsenio Hall Show from 1989 to 1994, reviving it later in 2013 for one year. He co-starred with Eddie Murphy in the films Coming to America, Harlem Nights, appeared on the show Martial Law, and was Alan Thicke's sidekick on the talk show Thick of the Night. In 2012, he won the NBC reality competition game show Celebrity Apprentice, starring you-know-who. Yep. He first moved to Chicago and then Los Angeles to pursue his career in comedy, scoring his breakthrough when he appeared on the match game Hollywood Squares Hour for a year in 1983. A nominee for two Emmy Awards, he was born on this day in Cleveland, Ohio in 1956. I That show, too, was a staple of my younger Arsenio years. Hall? Yeah. Never missed it. Never, yeah. ever missed it. And all my favorite people were always his guests every oh, week. Man. Yeah. I, I remember watching the episode when Clinton went on and played the saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, Madonna was on more than once. I never missed it when she was on. Sure. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Another classic example of a child star tragedy, Christopher Patate. I think it's Patier. Patier, sure. sorry. Well, he made his debut on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation when he was 14 then had success in the films Point Break and Don't Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, plus played Jesse James on the series The Young Riders, which was canceled after a year. He continu continued to make odd appearances on television, but according to his management, fell into financial difficulty and his career waned, as his career waned, at the time attending rehab to beat his drug addiction. His last role were on the series Undressed and an episode of Judging Amy in 1999, a year before his death, of an overdose at the age of 24. He was born on this day in Dallas, Texas in 1976. Joe Don Baker is a familiar character actor who lists among his credits two Bond movies as different characters, first in The Living Daylights and later in GoldenEye. Plus, he played the lead in the 1973 hit Walking Tall and co-starred in Fletch, Cape Fear, Reality Bites, Congo, Mars Attacks, and the Matthew McConaughey film Mud. Famous for his imposing demeanor and Texan drawl, he was born on this day in Grosbeck, Texas in 1936. Well, Bill, speaking of James Bond, oh, the best. The best. Today, today is the birthday of one of the all-time greatest Bond girls Indeed. who holds the rare distinction of having been the star of two different films also in two different in different roles. 
Maude Adams was a successful model whose career brought her to the States, where she soon broke into acting, debuting on the series Love American Style before making her star-making role in the Norman Jewison sci-fi film Rollerball and the the 007 adventure The Man with the Golden Gun. The Man with the Golden Gun. He has a powerful weapon. Ba-ba-na. Lucy did request more singing from me. Just okay. So you, well, yeah. well, I mean, uh, we should ju- we should just have a show where you sing all the theme songs. <laughs> uh, she starred in the films Laura, Tattoo, and Bill. I have a vivid memory as a young kid of this film, Tattoo, that I wasn't allowed really? to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to see it, but I remember it being a very provocative trailer or something Ooh. that got me really excited as a kid up till three in the morning to watch two seconds of a boob. Yeah. Yeah. We all I, I, need to, I need yeah. to see that film. Have you seen it? Tattoo? No, I, no. Oh man. I bet it's amazing. <laughs> she was also on the show Chicago story before returning to the bond franchise as the title character in the 1983 adventure Octopussy. Oh, so great. She's so beautiful in that movie. Perhaps and the best title of any film anywhere. And you might recall that the title song is usually the name of the movie in Bond movies. But yes. in this case, they probably had difficulty <laughs> writing a song called I Want I Want Some Pussy, Some Octa Octopussy. So do you remember what the actual song is at the title oh, of the... I don't. I honestly don't. We're an all-time high. That's right. Yeah. We take on the world and then... So hold on tight, let the flight begin. Yeah. Who, who sang that song? Uh, what's her name? Like Rita Coolidge or something? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, Rita yeah. Coolidge. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. Back to Maude Adams. Maude Adams was beautiful. I she remember. so beautiful. I remember being a kid thinking, oh, my God, this woman is like so beautiful. People just don't understand. I shouldn't but even clearly... say was, actually, because she very generously keeps up with Bond fandom, you know, whenever she's asked to show sure. up to events or give interviews. And like anyone who wants a photograph with her, you know, she's she's mm. really, really uh, generous and delightful that way. And so we all know what she looks like now. And she's still like just stunning. I just love her. Oh, man. So great. Well, listen, she hasn't appeared in a feature film since 1996, which I think is a crime. Get her in a film. But has since appeared on a few Swedish soap operas and made guest appearances with fellow former Bond girl Tanya Roberts on the 70s, that 70s show. Mm-hmm. She was born on this day in Lulia, Sweden in 1945. She's also apparently an extra in A View to a Kill because she was there while they were filming. And so they have her in like a crowd scene. I've never been able to pick her out. But if you count okay. that, then she's basically been in three Bond movies. But listen, she she's still very striking. I'm looking at photos of her, like yeah, contemporary yeah, yeah. She's photos. She's a stunner. And also, oh, I mean, it, she's just that that classic kind of like goddess movie star. You know, like of course she's physically very beautiful, but the sure. presence is also incredible, especially in Octopussy, because that's one of the first times that the Bond girl is also kind of the main villain as well, right. even though she doesn't yeah. end up being that. And she yeah. occupies a particularly special place. You know, given that she's like a head of a giant organization or whatever. In that, right, so, right. You know, you know, oh, man. With her girls, with her aerialist girls who, uh, yes. who, who fly out of buildings on their, um, on their sashes or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, moving on, before I talk about Maude Adams all night, Joanna Kearns is best known for playing Maggie Seaver on the popular family sitcom Growing Pains from 1985 to 1992. She first appeared in a TV movie in 1975 and had a handful of appearances in films and television episodes, including Charlie's Angels, The Love Boat, Quincy M.E., and the film Coma, before her big break. After Growing Pains was cancelled, she appeared on the episodes of The Closer, Chicago Hope, and the film Knocked Up. In 2016, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and has since undergone successful treatment and says she is cancer-free. She was born on this day in San Francisco, California in 1953. Did anyone in show business ever look more like a mom than Joanna Kearns? I'm, I'm pretty sure she came out of her mother looking like a mom. Bill, I remember her on an episode of Three's Company playing Ooh. one of Jack's hot dates. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know if she was Greedy Gretchen, but she was one of his like hot, hot little Amazing. numbers. Yeah. She's always like on Growing Pains. I was like, she looks like all the moms in my neighborhood. Like she just yeah. seems, I was like, I couldn't believe she was an actor. I see. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Like, you know what? She just had that face. She had a friendly, warm, warmness to her that wasn't too sexual that she could be a mom on that show well, or at least that's the way they styled her yeah, yeah fair enough yeah let's not let's Annette, not pigeonhole ladies no listen she played jack trippers one of his main yeah, squeezes yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know um i don't know if it was greedy gretchen i need to look that up all right anyways annette crosby is another british actor who graduated from the bristol old vicks theater school in her teens before entering into a successful career on stage and screen. She played Catherine of Aragon in the successful BBC series, The Six Wives of Henry VIII, for which she won a BAFTA. One of her more popular roles in the 70s was the fairy godmother in the Cinderella film, The Slipper and the Rose, and later appeared in the comedy, The Pope Must Die, the series, Dr. Finley, and the film, Calendar Girls, with Helen Muir. More rec- most recently, she played Granny in the film version of Into the Woods and was on an episode of Call the Midwife. She was awarded an OB in 1998 for service to drama and is a campa- uh, companion, companioner, campaigner, campaigner. Sorry, uh, for Greyhound Welfare, serving as president of the League Against Cruelty Sports since 2003. She was born on this day in Gorebridge, Scotland, in 1934. China Phillips is the daughter of Mamas and the Papas band members John and Michelle Phillips and half-sister of actresses Mackenzie and Bijou Phillips. She initially had ambitions as an actor, appearing in the films Some Kind of Wonderful, Caddyshack 2, and Say Anything, before forming the trio Wilson Phillips with childhood friends Carney and Wendy Wilson. They released their first self-titled album in 1990 to great success, selling 8 million copies. Their second album, Shadows in Light, was a disappointment. Then Phillips released a solo album, Naked and Sacred, in 1995. Wilson Phillips reunited in 2004 to record a third album, plus appeared as themselves in the 2011 hit comedy Bridesmaids, around the time she appeared on Dancing with the Stars. She has been married to actor William Baldwin since 1995, with whom she has three children. She was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1968. Bill, did you happen to see her on Dancing with the Stars? I did not. Okay, she was great. Like, she was great dancer. Like, you watch her and you thought she was great. And then in one of the performances, she just 
shit the bed. Like oh. she shit the dance floor. Like she froze. She didn't know what the fuck she was doing. She was frozen. And he was basically telling her what to do. But she looked like, it looked like he had like a store mannequin. He was dancing with this stiff thing. And oh, it was wow. kind of a shame because I was watching it thinking, oh, she's going to take it all the way. She's going to take it all the way. And then she just shit the dance floor like I've never seen in my life. Did, they, did she talk about it later? Like did she have some kind of flashback or something? She just, she just froze. She said, I froze. I don't know what happened. Like the light caught her eye or something. She got distracted. But if you get a chance, watch the bed. Watch the performance where she shits the bed you kind of feel bad for her because really she should have taken it that yeah. year yeah she had a dark uh childhood as well because her right. father was john phillips and uh, right. as i'm sure you've heard the story that he uh sexually abused her sister for a very yeah. long time um you know while she was a child as well right so it's a sad story yeah well on to happier things. Lauren Green graduated from Queen's University and worked on Canadian radio, quickly becoming the country's top newscaster thanks to his deep, rich baritone voice. He left Canada in the early 50s to pursue a career in Hollywood, where he began working in films like The Silver Chalice with Paul Newman and Peyton Place before making his television breakthrough on Bonanza, which he appeared on from 1959 to 1973. In 1978, he appeared on Battlestar Galactica, the original series, and starred in the 1974 disaster film Earthquake. His last appearance was in a TV movie in 1987, the same year he died at the age of 72. He was born on this day in Ottawa, Canada in 1915. I I just love, he's another one of those guys who, he dies in the 80s at the age of 72, and you're like, weren't you always 72? <laughs> like, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I met a, a woman who was on Battlestar Galactica and played oh. his da daughter, right? Yeah. And um, I asked her about him. I said, what was it like working with Lauren Green? Because I didn't know who the fuck she was, but I certainly knew who <laughs> Lauren Green was, right? And she said, you know, he was great, but he was really deaf. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So she's like, when we were filming that, he was deaf. So he didn't really, you know, we didn't really talk too much because he couldn't really communicate right. or hear me. And I thought lucky him because she was, ugh. oh, wow. She, yeah. She was like, she was a, like I met her, she was drinking. She clearly had too much to drink and she was okay. trying to well, play off her. I mean, she, off her, her, her big moment was Battlestar Galactica. So yeah. let's go easy on her. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. I've never seen that series. I've seen the movie and the movie mm -hmm. from what I understand is actually just like the um, two episodes of the show edited into a film. Oh, so, so my, yeah. Because of the success of Star Wars, they did. They basically decided to get it into a theater. Of course. Uh, to make money off of it. So I probably have seen her and I don't remember him being in it, but I don't remember that movie very well. Fair enough. And I probably watched it last year. These days, they don't stay in my mind very long. Anyway. <clears throat> yep. Robin Thomas is an actor and sculptor best known for playing Mark on Another World in the early 80s and for playing Jeffrey on Who's the Boss. He also had roles on Murphy Brown, Matlock, Party of Five, Pacific Blue, and NCIS, and was in the films Pacific Rim, About Last Night, and The Banger Sisters, Marco's favorite movie. Oh, he if you're going to do your taxes, sorry, if you're going to do your taxes, watch that film in the background. Trust me, you'll get your taxes done. I've been putting off doing my taxes, so that might help. He uh, graduated from Carnegie Mellon University's art department with a major in sculpture. His work has been exhibited at the Huntsville Museum of Art, the Three Rivers Arts Festival, and various galleries in Soho. Plus, he was invited to create works for Tiffany's Windows for two consecutive years. He also pads out his income as an artist by running a construction company, renovating lofts and apartments. Most recently, he was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He was born on this day in Carlisle, Pennsylvania in 1949. 
Have you seen the Banger Sisters yet, Bill? I saw it in the theater, Marco. What are you talking about? Susan and Goldie in a movie together? I'm not going to rush to go see that in a movie theater? Are you kidding? Did you know it was going to be shit when you went to see it? Um, Well, I didn't think it was shit. I just didn't think it was special. I didn't think it was particularly good. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, Goldie hardly ever makes movies anymore, so you kind of have to take it where you can get it. I see. Okay. All right. AJ... Naidu is an actor best known for playing Samir in Office Space and was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for the film Suburbia. Other roles include K-Pax, Bad Santa, and the series Blind Spot. Plus, he's been working extensively with musicians from the Asian underground music movement for many years as a dancer and an MC. His vocals have appeared on many records, most notably Talvin Singh's Mercury Award-winning OK. In 2010, he made his directorial debut with Ashes and on stage appeared in the plays The Master and Margarita. Or is it The Master? and title, Marco. Okay, The Master and Margarita. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he was, oh, I see. The other plays he was in were Measure for Measure and The Little Flower of East Orange at the Public. Is that the whole title? No, The Public is the theater. Okay, the so Public was so- created by Joseph Papp and is one of the most uh, important and notable theaters in New York. But for some reason, you and Amanda the other day went off on a rant about who is this Joseph Papp person? I've never heard of him. He's nobody, even though he changed all of theater in New York forever. I guess. Yeah. So, so this this play, The Little Flower of East Orange, was yeah. at this supposedly important theater I've never yes. heard of called The Public. Not supposedly, Marco. It's actually <laughs> pretty important. <laughs> well, anyways, this dude His was born... Art is hanging at this museum called The Louvre, which I've heard is like a big deal, but you didn't hear it from me. Okay? I don't know until I've seen it myself. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, it's hard to do a podcast with somebody who knows every single thing that I ever happened. I don't, but you know, oh. I would think that you guys, uh, one of you would know enough theater history to know about Joseph Papp and the public no. theater. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Bill, you could have a stroke and still know more than <laughs> I could ever know about people who were on stage and screen. Oh, well, well don't anyways. <laughs> Okay, well, he was born on this day in Evanston, Illinois in 1972. One of the most controversial directors of the 20th century, Costa Gavras has made a career of politically provocative films, beginning with his first major success, Z, or Z, a film about the late 60s military coup in Greece that was made in Algeria to avoid any trouble for the filmmaking crew. It became the first ever film to be nominated for Best Picture and Best Foreign Language Film at the Academy Awards, winning in the latter category. Later films, State of Siege and Special Section, also dealt with turbulent politics around the world. And in 1982, he made his masterpiece, Missing, which accused the American government of being part of Chile's military coup and resulted in Washington suing Universal Pictures and making the film unavailable to rent on video for years. Missing also earned Costa Gavras an Oscar for Best Screenplay, and he won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. His later films include Music Box, Betrayed, Mad City, and most recently, Adults in the Room in 2019. He was born on this day in Lutra Iraias, Greece, in 1933. Oh, wow. Missing, is that the one with Jack Lemmon that you love? Yes. Okay, because I tried to watch it. It's not available on any of the the television networks oh. that I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I got to find it. Cause I did, I did look for, I'm like, we got to watch this film. Oh yeah. I'll see what I can do. Anyways, 
Our last on our list is Abraham Lincoln, who was born on this day in 1809 in Sinking Springs Farm, Kentucky. He was an American statesman and lawyer who served as the 16th president of the United States from 1961 until his assassination in 1865. Lincoln led the nation through the American Civil War, the country's greatest moral, constitutional, and political crisis. He, success, he was succeeded in preserving the Union, abolishing slavery, bolstering the federal government, and monetizing the U.S. economy. Lincoln and his wife attended the play Our American Cousin, which I hear is a great playbill, um, <laughs> might be at the public once in a while. And on the evening of 18... I, sh I shouldn't joke. It's something so, so serious. On the evening of April 14th, 1865, at 10.15 p.m., Booth entered the back of Lincoln's theater box, crept up from behind, and fired at the back of Lincoln's head, mortally wounding him. Lincoln's guest, Major Henry Rathbone, momentarily grappled with Booth, but Booth stabbed him and escaped. I had no idea he stabbed a dude to this guy. Mm -hmm. um, after being attended by Dr. Charles Leal and two other doctors, Lincoln was taken across the street to P Peterson House. After remaining in a coma for eight hours, Lincoln died at 7.22 a.m. on April 15th. Still regarded as one of the greatest presidents of the United States, today was the day that he was born. And there's been a million films uh, that depict his life and stuff, right? Yes, Bill? most famously, most recently, the Steven Spielberg film, very confusingly titled Lincoln, which earned Daniel Day-Lewis his third Best Actor Oscar. And don't forget Lincoln uh, Vampire Slayer, which I think is a great Yes, film. which is actually the more historically accurate of the two films. Yes. I actually read the book. The book is pretty good, but uh, the film, not so much. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how it goes, usually. Yeah. Well, Bill, that was a lot of fun, I have to say. It was. It was great. Enjoy your February 12th, and we'll see you on more Born on the State. See you tomorrow.